makes me cry every time she prays for me. Um, can I tell you, husbands, wives, um, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the Lord wanting you to know this. Pray for each other all the time. Pray for each other all the time. Opportunity to pray together, lift each other up. Sometimes we forget that and take our relationships for granted. Never do that. Find yourself speaking life over your spouse at all times. If you're involved right now, maybe you're getting married soon, learn how to pray together, how to lift each other up. The Bible talks about the word being water. This is in Ephesians. We are, as husbands, to water our wives with the word of God. And I'm, I'm telling you this because often we forget and we find ourselves in difficulty. And when we get in difficulty, we're reactive and not proactive. Proactive marriage is this, is praying with each other, lifting each other up, and knowing that when one person struggles, we need to be there to lift them up. Can we do that? And now, on top of that, that's a close family home under the same roof. Here is another family. This is a family here. The more we get to being like family at church, the more closer we come to what God's intention for his church to become. We, we cannot just be a building where people gather and they say, well, where's your church? You know what our response should be with that? Our church is here. So when we gather together, wherever we go, if it's to a concert or if it's just the pool at Firestone, when we gather, it's family gathering that we can lift each other up. We need to encourage one another. What they did in biblical times, which I wish we could get back to, is they gathered every day. Every day they're finding each other, praying for each other, lifting each other, breaking bread, eating together all the time. We have a disadvantage because most of us don't live together in the same community. We're lived all over the place. So we represent Austin Town and Boardman and Columbiana and all the areas around. So when we gather, it just seems like we're together for an hour and a half and then we go back to our communities and we feel sometimes alone, don't we? I mean, sometimes we don't even know if our neighbors even know Jesus. So sometimes we go home, we don't even know where we belong. So let's embrace these times. I'm going to encourage every one of you, just don't look at these as times of events. You can come and just, hey, we're going to a pool party. Know that proactively to stay healthy in Christ Jesus is to gather together, that we share the word with one another, that we can recognize when one person's down and say, hey, they don't seem themselves today. And I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm just led to do that. See, that brings health to the body of Jesus. And that's done all the time. If you find yourself going through difficulty, please don't say, well, you know, this is my problem and I'll just, I'll just step back here and I hope nobody realizes it. And, and you know, my wife learned a, a big lesson. <laughs> that lesson was don't run from the body of Jesus when things are difficult. Always learn to run towards him. And when you're going to find out, towards Christ is towards his people. So run towards them. If you're having difficulty today and you've got a stumbling block in front of you, please don't do it on your own. I'm going to speak that again. Do not do it on your own. God says you don't do anything on your own. You gather together. Two are gathered together in his name. In the midst of dispute, I will be in the midst of it. Two agree upon one thing, I shall give it to them. He wants agreement together. He says, blessed are those who gather. Sure, don't forsake meeting together. We also know that God says when he sees unity amongst the brethren, he commands his blessing. He wants to see people gathered and unified like a family. This is a family. You come to Rust Church, if you're not feeling a part of that yet, we apologize. We want to make sure you do feel like this is family. You won't want to go anywhere else. You want to stay with those who love you. Can we just make that a pact? 
We, we should be there. We should be comfortably able to do that. Share our lives together. I always say, mess up, fess up. But you don't do it in your closet. Before the Lord, sure, that's good, that's healthy. Do it one another. Hey, man, I need, I need a struggle. I struggle. Okay? Let's just gather and lift each other up. You know, last week we talked about humility. Humility will take you to those places of people, not away from them, take them towards people. So I'm going to talk today about this, and then I'm going to go into a new subject today about the same thing about fatherlessness. So I thank the Lord for the opportunity to speak, speak to you today. If there's ever a time that I go too quickly on something, I've studied all week long, and I'm ready, and I'm excited, and sometimes it's hard for me to get it out in a half-hour time. So if there's anything at all that you're confused about, you're not sure about, maybe perspective, I see it, come talk to me. Give me a call. Text me. Say, hey, I'm not quite sure what you're meaning on this. If you're thinking I'm taking something out of context, hold me accountable. You know? Hold me accountable. If God's speaking to you to speak to me, hey, I'm open. I need, I need counsel. Okay? So let's go on to this today. Well, last week we talked, no, week before, last week we had... The ones from Africa, remember the Martins? Wasn't it wonderful stories they, they spoke about last week? The week before, we talked about this humility. And, and, and the disciples got all fired up and said, well, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? And then we know that Jesus brings a small child in the midst of them and says, ah, this should really teach you humility. Okay, they're all looking at the child going, what? And so he taught them what's important about humility. He says, be like a little child. If you be like this, and it's humility of this, guess what? Then you'll see the kingdom of God. So basically telling the disciples to push up and look. Let me teach you. And so I love that. That's what we talked about. And I want to lead it into something today. I want to teach on giving praise. I don't believe we got this figured out in this American church. I mean, we can get together and sing songs. And I like, who likes music? I do. I like mine a little louder than most, most people, but I like it. I can get keyed up, and I can start to dance, and all oh, this, and I give God praise. And I think that's a good praise. Mm, I'm learning some things about giving thanks and giving praise. I want to share those with you today. First of all, I'm going to take you into the Old Testament. Leviticus is a tough book. And you'll think, well, how God is a loving God when you read Leviticus? I don't understand any of this in laws and and this is what happens with people of leprosy. Let's just read it real quick. Leviticus 13, 45, 46. As for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn. So you tear clothes. Isn't that nice? So people recognize. It says his clothes shall be torn and the hair of his head shall be uncovered. And he shall cover his mustache and cry unclean unclean he shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection he is what unclean he shall live alone his dwelling shall be outside the camp outside the family of god i don't know about you that's some pretty hard teaching from god that's god speaking to his church who wants leprosy that would be the ultimate wouldn't it? To be alienated, pushed out, it's a disease that is seen all over your body. It infects. Do you know what that does? Leprosy is still today, there's new cases of leprosy all over the world. Not very many in the United States. There's actually a multi 
conglomerate of drugs you take and to help cure that disease. And only two, and I think it was the year 2000 that leprosy was really under control in all over the countries. So leprosy, what is this thing? Well, leprosy is a disease that actually attacks the nervous system. It attacks those areas of your body that, that will eventually go numb and you will have no more feeling in any of your limbs, legs, feet. It affects the eyes and the ears. It is a terrible disease. And what happens, well, does it flesh fall off? Is it flesh eating? What happens is that you no longer have feelings in those limbs, so you will do things that cause infection. You'll hit something and not even know it, and all of a sudden you'll be cut and not even know it, and those infections start, and so you'll start to lose fingers, and because of, you might have your hand in fire and not even know it, and all of a sudden you're like, oh. So can you imagine being numb, no feeling in any of those limbs, holding someone, no longer feeling that, and then being pushed out of the village and saying, you can no longer be with us, you are unclean, and if anybody comes close to you, you have to cover your mustache and yell, unclean, unclean, stay away from me. Leprosy. Terrible. God says, this is how you must handle it. Oh, isn't it good Jesus came? What do you do with the leper? Didn't he not embrace him? Thank God Jesus came. Everybody says, well, I don't understand God. I wouldn't understand God in the Old Testament, would you? I would be confused about who this God is if I just read the Old Testament. If I just stayed in the Old Testament, even though the Old Testament is a forerunner to the new, and we know what we need Jesus, he gives us the law, we would absolutely, 100%, be, con be totally convinced that Jesus is the answer if you lived in the Old Testament. If you read the Old Testament, you think, thank God you sent your son. Thank the Lord that, that you sent your son, Jesus, who gives us the new precedent of what it means to serve God. Because it would be impossible. How would your son and daughter like to be pushed out of the village for leprosy? How would you like to be separated from your family so no longer can you sit with the table of your own family? You have to be pushed out to the outsides of the, of the town and you cannot even be close to people. You can only be within other people with leprosy. That's your new destination and that's your new way of life. Terrible, would it not? Wouldn't that be difficult? Well, let's go on. There's got to be a reason why I brought that up instead of just leaving us all in that place of, oh, man. Jehasi lies about Elijah. Jehasi then gets leprosy because of his disobedience. Because, now, I don't know about you, if you read the story of Elisha, beautiful man of God, did amazing things, this is his right-hand man. Gets to hang out with the dude and see all these things happen. Eventually, Jehasi decides that he wants a little of the plunder of this one man called Nahum. Nahum was healed of leprosy. He was healed of leprosy when Elisha said, You must come to me and I will give you the instruction. Now he comes, Nahum comes to him. And when he gets there, he says, well, where's this man of God? He doesn't send himself. He sends his servant to go tell him what to do. He tells him to go dips himself seven times in the river. 
And the, he just could not fathom that. If I am the man who I am, and I serve a king, then you should treat me like one. The long story short, Jehazi sees this man healed and thinks, well, he owes us something. He owes me something. And so he decides to do his own route outside of Elisha's plan and constricts or gets this leprosy. So what is leprosy? Punishment for disobedience. Punishment for lying. What he spoke, he became. We go on. Miriam seems like a nice woman. He, she is a sister to Moses. Seems like a pretty good girl. Later on, Moses decides to take on a different wife. And Aaron and Miriam has a problem with this. And they speak right out loud. We have a problem with this. We don't, we don't think you should be marrying this woman. And as they spoke against Moses, God says, that's not going to work. He came down in his presence, uh, directing towards him, said, this is Moses, who I love. I speak to prophets in this way. I'll give the messages. I speak to Moses face to face. Instantly, he comes down in his presence. When his presence is removed, leprosy is ch it's chilly. I'm just, I apologize on this side. My wife just put on her coat. If you're in this side of the building, you get a nice breeze. That feels wonderful to me right now, but I'm sure all of you in this place right here, you have coats and sweaters. I apologize. And over here, you're probably pretty comfortable. So eventually, we're going to get this problem fixed. We're going to get that air across this way to here. We're going to get that fixed one of these days. I apologize for being a little chilly. So Miriam decides to speak against Moses. God comes down in his presence, sets this thing straight, lifts his presence back up. And what happens to Miriam? What happens to her? As soon as he lifts his up, his presence is gone. Leprosy comes on her. She's solid white. She must be taken outside of the city because she was speaking against her master. So she becomes leper. She has to go outside the city for how many days? Seven days. Moses goes right in and says, man, that's, that's pretty hard. Aaron looks at her and goes, whoa, I was part of this. What's going to happen to me? Seven days. Dip in the river seven times. Must go outside the city for seven days. There's something about seven, isn't there? In leprosy. And all of a sudden, so we have two instances where God says, that is not, you spoke evil, here's leprosy. So the inward heart was exposed by an outward disease. Familiarity with sacred things. Being around a man of God, Moses, a man of God. I mean, being around that all of a sudden they say, oh, we're familiar with this, Moses. Guess what, Moses? I know that you speak God face to face. And a matter of fact, I've seen you up in the mountain. That's incredible that God does all that. But you know what? You're marrying the wrong woman here. We're going to speak up. We're going to teach you something, Moses. And so leprosy comes on her like this as an example of the inward heart disease is now exposed on the outward part. The inward heart could no longer feel. Leprosy, a disease that takes away feeling. So an inward heart issue becomes an outward disease. The unusual become commonplace. The amazing become ordinary. The wonderful presence of God become like another common experience. Can you imagine hanging out with Moses? Can you imagine hanging out with Elijah? I don't know about you, but I'll be the one that says, man, 
Elijah, or Elisha, you're doing these amazing things. These people are just misbehaving. Where would you be? When you hang around with the best things of God, the presence of God, and you think, wow, this is incredible. Have you ever felt, have you ever found yourself in a place where it's become a commonplace? And you're not treating sacred things of God the way God intended them to be treated. Sacred things of Jesus Christ. He died and rose again. What do you do with that information? Do you ever find yourself speaking against those very things that are sacred? Have you found your heart stopped feeling? Is leprosy even remotely close to taking hold of your heart? Outward sign of an inward disease. And let's go on. Leprosy, the outward now reveals the inward disease of the heart. For the mouth speaks out of what fills the heart. Marion spoke out because what was filling her heart was not what God intended. She was around the man of God doing amazing things, parting the great sea. How did she forget? And yet all those things became just commonplace to her that she felt she can come up and start to speak against the very man of God that God has sent to save him. Wow. What happened there? Did, you, did someone mess with my... Well, I'm going to do it from up here. I'm not going to worry about nothing. You guys will just follow my lead, okay? And so that's what I'm learning here. The only cure to leprosy was God. And if you read the Old Testament, there's only one man that was ever healed of leprosy in the Old Testament. And that was Nahum, who dipped himself seven times in the river. Comes up, his skin is just like a baby. He is instantly changed. He says, no longer is there any other gods except that God of Israel. It's an amazing. His de declaration after healed was a mouth that spoke truth. And so here it is. Then this guy called Gehazi now decides he's going to start to rise up against his leader. And he rises up against Elisha and says all these things about what he wants and, and gets caught in the middle of it, leprosy comes on him. And you know what they describe that leprosy as? The leprosy that came off of Nahum is now yours. What he speaks now indicates what is the condition of his heart. The outward becomes what's happening on the inside. That to me blew me away. Let's go on. Luke 17, 27. You got your words? Go ahead and bring that up. I'm going to try one last time to pull this up here. We'll see what happens. Leprosy. Go ahead into that section. There we go. I'm a gadget person. Anybody know that about me yet? You think, well, maybe you shouldn't be. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder. Luke 17, 27. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha and the prophets, and none of them was cleansed, but only Nahum, the Syrian. Leprosy of Nahum was put on Gehazi. Man, how's that sound? Let's go to Luke. Let's go to what Jesus is. Boy, I love this. Jesus brings a new way. Thank you, Lord, for that. Luke 17, 12 says this. And Jesus entered the village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance. And they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They had to at that time. Still, they're under the law. Jesus was coming. They didn't understand any of this. 
They just know that Jesus is a man of healing. Jesus was master. And so they recognized his lordship. And so they cried out to him and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And there was 10 of them. And so they're crying out to him. They kept their distance, but they were close enough that they could speak back and forth. Have mercy on us. Can you imagine being a leper? See, they were under the old law. They were pushed out of the city. They had to be by themselves. They had to be in their own little colony of leprosy. And so when they saw Jesus coming, they knew the law. And so they said, what do we really need? We have been judged. We have been judged for what we have. We've been pushed out. We have to say unclean, unclean as people come. So what do we really need? We need mercy of God. Mercy of God. And so let's take a look at what mercy is. I love this. Godquestions.org says this. Mercy is deliverance from judgment. Mercy is deliverance from judgment. A plea to God for mercy is asking him to withhold the judgment we deserve and instead grant to us the forgiveness we in no way have earned. No way we have earned, but forgive us. Have mercy on us. And so Jesus says, when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. As they were going, this is a scripture to get a hold of you. If, you, if you've been prayed over and you, you still are under afflictions and you're saying, God, I don't understand, I've been praying. And I, as you walk whole, be healed. Sometimes we just need to walk in faith. Not all about you, the priests were there to judge them. They were there to say, no, you can't go into the village yet. Your leprosy is still on your skin. You must be by the color, by the infection. You must still stay out. They were the judge of leprosy. <laughs> and so he says, go and show yourselves to the judges of leprosy. Show yourself clean. And as they walk, can you imagine? They weren't instantly healed. They were standing there in front of Jesus at a distance. Have mercy on us. And as Jesus looked at them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And they look down and think, I'm still white. I still look. I, you don't even know. They could have lost hands and feet. They might have been lame. They might have been walking like this. You don't know. Maybe others had to carry one or drag somebody beside them. You don't know. But as they walked, they were healed. As we walk in Christ Jesus, we become healed. As we walk with him, we... Who are we to say, Jesus, you've got to heal us now, do this thing now, you've got to take care of it now, you've got to do this thing. And he says, you don't understand me, you don't understand my word. As you walk, you're healed. We've got to get a hold of that. That's his word. I love it when Jesus says, whoa, okay, you come down here, and through your forgiveness and through your cleanses of sin, I heal you. And times at the altar, you guys know it, it's happened to me before, you come to the altar and you're healed like this. Aren't these beautiful times? That's mercy. God, thank you for that. But there's other times we come up and we prayed for and we walk away with still the same pain. Like, as you walk, as you walk, be healed. Sometimes it's a matter of faith. Sometimes it's a matter of what his word says. And if you don't know what his word says, you'll walk and not even know. Do I get it? Do you, do you really pray in a hope, a man-made hope? Well, I've seen it before, maybe for me today. A hope like that is 
is really displeasing because there's no faith in it. We can't please God without it. It's faith that pleases him. So walk as if you're healed. And as they walked, they were healed. But here's the thing. What happens here? What happens in the story? It says, and he fell on his face. Well, I think I went too fast. I think I missed one. Let's go here. And when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, now one of them, when they saw, when he saw, he saw himself like, I'm cleansed. I recognize that this Jesus, this master of mine, look what he's done for me. And he turned back glorifying. Now, you've got to realize this. When you turn back to Jesus, you glorify him. When you give Jesus thanks, and you say, God, thank you. When you turn back to him to give him thanks, you glorify God. That's what it means to glorify him. To give him all. To surrender all. Lord, thank you for what you just did. You glorify him by what you speak. Your actions and your words speak. He turned back glorifying God with a what? Soft voice? Soft voice? See, often we turn and say, oh, Lord, you're good. We ought to glorify him for who he really is. We ought to say a loud voice, a loud shout, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. He cleanses us every day if you allow him. We're cleansed from those things in our heart every day if we allow him. And he fell on his face, this man recognized this. He glorified God by shouting out, he comes back all the way back to where Jesus' feet are. He falls face down in front of him. And Jesus faced him, giving him thanks. And he said, and he was, was he a chosen man of God? Was he part of the Israelite family? He was a Samaritan. Those who were looked down upon. Those who was okay to keep those guys out there of our city. He was a Samaritan. He knows without even being taught how to worship. You understand that? Worship was on a different mountain. Samaritans didn't go to the same place of worship. They didn't, they, no one taught them what to do. This man instantly knew. I fall on my face to the man and the master who cleansed me. But the nine, where are they? Where are the other nine? He asked a very difficult question. They were all cleansed. It says in his word, they were all cleansed. Where are the other nine that were cleansed? Why have they not come back? Why have not not glorified God? We have not come get and give thanks to God in his healing. Was there no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go. Your what? Faith has made you well. Isn't faith amazing? Story goes on. To give glory and praise is exercising personal opinion, which determines value. Convey God's infinite, intrinsic worth. Do you really understand who Jesus is? Do you really know who he is? Do you know what he's done for you and for me? Do you really give him praise? Do you find yourself on your face on those times you recognize his cleansing and his healing? Or has your heart at times, and I have to admit, there's times in my heart, leprosy, the feeling my heart used to feel then becomes numb. That's leprosy. When your heart no longer feels, when it's, when it's at that place where maybe you've been thinking too much of yourself, 
in the situation you're in think, well, God's just not, he's not rescuing me. I'm stuck in this leprosy. My heart is becoming numb. And with the inward becomes outward. Can you imagine, can you imagine this? The times that we ever doubted, those times that we didn't get in praise or mouth started to speak against those things that God is trying to do. Can you imagine if every time that would happen and there would be inwardly in our heart a time that we started to grow cold and we, we didn't feel anymore for the people of God or those that we should be loving and we're starting to become a little bit numb. Can you imagine if we would become on the outside what was happening on the inside of the heart? When you start to speak things that are not according to God's will and his plan and his word, you start to speak things against what he's doing. The, the mouth only speak what the heart is being filled with. And so when you start to speak something that's negative and you don't even know it, there's leprosy in your heart. You lost the feeling. And if we became leper on the outside, when our heart grows that way on the inside, that's the Old Testament. You speak against my servant of God, leprosy. Outside the city. Miriam, you have something to say about his wife? Leprosy outside the city. I'm afraid I'd be outside the city at times, would you? There's times I'd be white. Would you? We gotta learn how to praise him. We praise him no matter what's happening. I don't care if you, you, you're stuck in something that you don't understand, you praise him. Let everything comes from your mouth be praise. Everything that's inside, even though you don't understand and you don't got it all together, you can't see it for all it is, you praise him. Must comes out in praise because praise is going to conquer those things. It takes the heart out of the place of leprosy and it brings it to a place of flesh and, and feeling. See, that's what we need to be, giving God glory for who he is. He doesn't change. He's still in control. He's on the throne, and we serve a master, and he's not done with us. Look at 1 Corinthians. I love this. Or 1 Chronicles, I'm sorry, 16. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Well, beauty, give the Lord thanks. Give him glory, no matter what you face. Don't let leprosy come in your heart. Giving praise from your lips prevents the leprosy of our hearts. It's a weapon. We won't. I want to feel. If I feel on the inside, I'm right with him. I feel. Man, if there's something going wrong, I step out. I want to feel. I don't want to become numb. Anybody numb in here today? Anybody's in that place where maybe, maybe there, it's been a wilderness for a while and you're a place of numbness and it's really leprosy of the heart. The numbness to those nerve endings. Let's give him praise today. And I mean, I mean praise him. This man who never knew worship was on his face, at his feet. I don't know if I even would have got up. If he had took me from where I was, in a leprosy colony, 
outside the city, no longer close to my family and my friends. The Bible doesn't say how long they were out there. They could have been years. could have been a lifetime. Maybe this Samaritan, think about a Samaritan. Was he ever accepted in God's people? Maybe, just take this for instance, maybe this young Samaritan was pushed around, looked down upon, and then he started getting mad. Why is everybody against me? Why has everybody got something against me? What I do? What I do to you? And maybe his heart started to grow cold towards people. Maybe his heart's saying, I don't understand this. And I'm just getting mad. And maybe leprosy started in his heart before it started on his body. And this was the day. This is just beautiful about Jesus. This was the day, listen to me, that he recognized all those past feelings and hurts. And as his master told him to go and show himself to the priest, and as he said, okay, I'll go. Priest never liked me before. Priest hated me because I'm a Samaritan, but I'm going to show myself. And as he walked, he was cleaned. And when he recognized he was cleaned, what he did then was turn around and say, I'm going to give him praise. We need to praise him and give God glory today. How about you and me? Let's give God his glory. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, even though it's a tough word about where our hearts could be right now. God, I know that it's easy for us as people sometimes to find ourselves being judgmental. Maybe, maybe, well, you shouldn't marry that woman, Moses. Maybe it's just like, well, we deserve a little bit here, Elisha. I deserve something from this man. This man's rich. He's got all these things, and he's willing to give it to us. Why don't we just take these things? And two people were out of line of God's plan. God, I pray today that we're not there, that we're not in a place that we don't feel anymore, not that place we don't know your presence and, and appreciate everything that we've given. All things that are perfect come from the Father in heaven. All things. So, Lord, as we recognize all these perfect things and all these things that are going and helping us, Lord, even the discipline of God is a beautiful thing. So, Lord, I pray today that we grab hold of the praise on our lips. May this song today, as we sing this song together, may for the first time some people in here would give God glory the way it should be done. Praise him for who he is and see the leprosy of our heart fade away. If someone here is numb, praise him and let life come back into your heart. Let leprosy leave in Jesus' name.